Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. San Antonio district judge resigns after a federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it? I did it because I was foolish. Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on RevolverPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that for next. Big job there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Hosts plural, and if you do not like the drop time of this week's episode, you should blame Kenny Florian's new travel <laughs> schedule. It's Monday, April 26, 2021. It's great to be with you. Arguably never greater for us to be with you for more reasons than one. It's episode like 298 of the Anik and Florian podcast, and there is so much to get to. Uh, after a mixed martial arts weekend that, that you and I will be talking about for some time. I mean, UFC 261 singularly for me is the most memorable live event I've been a part of. And if you want to call that recency bias because it just happened, then that's okay. And maybe I would say that's leaning into the negative a little bit. The way this event started with these two injuries that had people texting me that they were turning off their TVs because they just couldn't see anymore, right? And if you did turn your TV off, you missed some of the greatest championship finishes in UFC history. Uh, Ken Flo had a busy weekend as well. You are sun splashed. Where are you now? Looks like a different hotel. Are you not in Atlantic I, City, New Jersey I, anymore? I am. I am actually in the exact same yeah. hotel, uh, exact same hotel room, just with I think a little more sun uh, right now. It's kind okay. of blinding right. me. But dude, I couldn't agree with you more. It, it was crazy to see uh, just all the fans in there. It was awesome to see that things are starting to get back to normal. Uh, it was uh, much needed. The energy just seemed different. And man, what a night. Yeah, I guess we should start with the crowd as we uh, as we do our headlines. And I often thought about this episode as I was going through my day with this 6 p.m. Eastern start time. And I thought I could just not cuss today and treat it like a UFC live event. Right. Because people are like, oh, how do you not swear on on air? And it's like, well, it's really fucking hot, you know. <laughs> 
But no, if I don't swear today because I know there are a bunch of kids listening, I can do that. So if you have a child who listens to this show on a weekly basis, I would like to hear from you at John underscore Anik on social media. I know we have some 10 and 11-year-old girls out there that listen. Incidentally, they are my favorite listeners. I put you guys ahead of my daughters who listen sporadically. But if you have kids who listen to this podcast, I want to hear from you, especially after today, because I, I'm not going to control the language because uh, Kamaru uh, fucking Usman can flow. Like, I mean, it's funny because I saw Dana White at the post fight press conference talk about him being on his way to being the greatest of all time. And that's kind of what I see. And you put that type of dream and legacy on the line every time you fight when you've won 18 in a row and you're chasing Anderson Silva's record that we thought nobody would break. Um, what'd you make of Kamaru Usman making relatively quick work of uh, a very game Jorge game bred Masvidal? I, I tell you what, I noticed uh, two things. First of all, I noticed a champion in Kamar Usman who was very much at home as he was walking into the octagon and about to get to fight. He looked so relaxed, so at ease, so ready to go. I mean, he was dancing his way to the octagon, literally. And then just the way he was moving his body and his facial expressions, he just seemed ready. Now, on the opposite side of things was Jorge Masvidal, who looked to me like he was tense, tentative, um, you know, and, and didn't seem that. Now, I don't know if that was just the aura of Camaro coming in there or Camaro has just been there so many times. But I think this is a guy, Kamaru Usman, who really is feeling himself at this point. He knows what kind of fighter and what kind of champion he is. And he's coming into his own now yeah. as a defending champion. Yeah, That is bad news for everybody else, man. He put on quite the performance on Saturday night. I remember when he beat Hyder Hassan in 2015, thinking even then that we had a real problem on our hands potentially, right? And obviously there's been tremendous skill development and commitment from him. And, and I think it's an interesting angle when you talk about Trevor Whitman and that his intention to go train with Trevor preceded the Gilbert Burns fight, that even though Henry Hoofton theory would have been in his corner long-term, and he is not in his corner any longer, that the Trevor Whitman thing was going to happen. And I mean, what else can you say about what Trevor Whitman has done to sort of, you know, take Henry Hooft Dutch kickboxing style to that next level with, with this jab and, and these hands and, oh my gosh, man, I am just blown away, blown away. Well, obviously it's working. I think that Trevor is, um, way better about the overall striking game as far as, you know, it's one thing, um, you know, to go forward and throw combinations. Anyone can kind of teach that. Um, but I think you got to, you got to understand the whys and the whens. And I think that Camaro is starting to understand that and he's way safer now when he's going in to strike, he's picking the right moments. He's fainting his way in. He's very loose and relaxed, which is now unleashing the power within Kamaru Usman when it comes right. to the striking game. Right. right. So um, I, I think it is just, it's, it's worked extremely well. You know, I, I also think that certain coaches just mesh and speak the same language of other fighters. And I think yeah. for whatever reason, yeah. Trevor, right, because he is a very knowledgeable and experienced coach and he's very good at what he does, yeah. it's speaking to Kamar Usman. And Usman is believing in what he's learning. So it, it's a perfect match. Kamaro is no doubt a better fighter since he left Florida. And uh, and it's great to see, man, because now – People not, not only is a great is he a great champion, but people want to see Kamaru Usman fight. Right, yeah. that wasn't always the case. Right. So it's great to see. So I don't know if you're one of those who who mutes the broadcast. I think I said on the broadcast that uh, 
like Floyd Mayweather allows a striking fight to build. That was something Kamar Usman said in our fighter meeting that he now yes. understands how to let a striking style fight build. And in a kickboxing match with no wrestling, I think he's very competitive now, right? I mean, he has a lot of weapons and, and maybe before he had some of the tools, but he didn't know how to use them. Well, well, dude, I, I tell you what, I think that Gilbert Burns fight, that Gilbert Burns win, beating a guy who, from what I heard, they used to go tit for tat uh, in, yeah. in training, and yeah. it was kind of back and forth wars all the time in the gym. I think him getting that result in the way that he did it gave him a renewed confidence oh, dude. Uh, in his striking, where now he's like, wait a sec. I can do that. I yeah. know I can do that. I am going to continue to do that against anyone and everyone that I face from here on out. And the Burns win, you're so right. You cannot overstate the confidence that that gave him, not just in terms of the skill set, right? But that was a hard fight for Kamaru emotionally. Yes. Now, physically and mentally, this was a really hard fight. And Kenny, if you saw Kamaru's I'm not saying it, it played out as a hard fight, but a hard fight to prepare for. If you sure. saw Kamar Usman's post-fight interview with Joe Rogan, twice he said that Masvidal elevated his game. And the reason he right. says that, in my opinion, is because you're not just fighting the fighter, right? And you'll hear a lot of fighters say we and not I in these fighter meetings, and I like those guys. You're taking on Mike Brown, right? Actually, you know what? Let me go above that. You're taking on Dan Lambert, okay, an owner of American Top Team who has all the resources and will put all of them forward to try to fucking beat Kamar Usman, right? And then you have Mike Brown, who's a mastermind, who does have head-to-head -head wins over Trevor Whitman. I know this night didn't go well, but I think maybe Poirier against Gaethje, I don't know. Um, but I don't even know what the hell I'm saying. I'm having a bad show so far. I'm a little bit all over the place, but uh, you know, you kind of know what I mean. Not true, yeah. not true. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely, dude. Uh, listen, I, I think that um, anytime you're facing that level of opposition, you are then going to bring everything at your disposal and and seek out the resources that you need, right? It becomes this war, not a, not only of one-on-one, -on -one, but team versus team uh, and who can pull the best resources. And I think that, you know, for Kamaru Usman, he's going and doing that, especially now that he's making some good coin. Yeah, yeah. He can go in and bring in other people and do what he needs to do. And this guy is continuing to get better, man. And it's a beautiful thing because I always appreciated the kind of fighter that Kamar Usman is. Yeah. But I tell you what, from the moment that fight started, actually from the moment he walked, walked out, out of yeah. his dressing room, he just looked ready. He owned the moment. There was no hesitation. There was confidence from the get-go. Uh, and, and that was a beautiful thing. He's coming into his own. So watch out. Biggest difference between him and George St. Pierre is that one of them loves fight night and one of them did not. I mean, Kamar really does like to fight, you know, like he would have he would probably enjoy getting. I guess I shouldn't say this, but challenged in the street, right? He, yeah. Like he is very much willing and able at any time, any place, you he's know, a he, dude, he's a fighter's fighter. He really is. Yeah. He embraces that that part of it, that one-on-one -on -one competition, he, he craves it and he thrives. And it's funny because increasingly like the dance looks looser every fight to your yeah. point. Like, I'm glad you highlighted that. And, and John, you know, he is definitely embracing the fight, but he's not an idiot. This is a smart fighter. He knows what he's good at. Yeah. He knows when to do it. Yeah. He knows how to do it. Uh, he knows who he needs to do it against. Yeah. This guy is a brilliant fighter. I I'm telling you, like what kind of damage did he take out there against Masvidal? Calf Not kicks. much. Calf kicks. Maybe a That's calf it. kick. Yeah, that was right, it. Right, right. So the thing is with calf kicks, man, and we're going to obviously – we can't go – a show does not oh. go by where any low – I know, I know. I know. I know. I don't even know what to say. Uh, 
But in terms of uh, the seminal blow, the fight ending shot, you know, Jorge Masvidal had absorbed a couple of these prior in this fight, and it looked kind of like a, a harbinger of things to come. Uh, what were your thoughts on sort of the fight ending sequence, sort of, you know, kind of a feint that set up the uh, the massive right hand? Uh, I, I thought it was a thing of beauty. He was finding a lot of success with his one-two combination and, and was finding it a lot in the form of that right hand. And to me... Um, I think the previous fight, in a lot of ways, is what won him this fight. I think Masvidal was expecting him to wrestle so much more. He was waiting for that shot. He was so prepared for the wrestling that he was not prepared for the striking. And I don't think he respected the yeah. improved striking game of Kamaru Usman. Usman was fainting. He was going high. He was going low. He was mixing things up. But all the while, keeping it simple, I can do, I can feint a double leg, I can feint a jab, and I can do a cross, right? George St. Pierre, same thing. There wasn't a whole lot that he did. George yeah. St. Pierre had an amazing jab, he had a Superman punch, right? And he had his double leg. And there was not a damn thing you could do to stop right, it. And Kamaru right, Usman's right. the same deal. Like, you, you, you knew it was coming, but there was nothing you could do to stop it. And I think there was underestimation on the part of uh, Masvidal and there was the improvement of, of Camaro. He was waiting for that shot. He was landing early. And Masvidal, to me, looked tense. He looked actually a little bit slow because of that tension. Yeah. He just didn't seem the same. I mean, this is not taking yeah. away from Kamaru because right. I'm not sure 100% top A, you know, Masvidal would have been able to do anything against this Usman. But to me, something was off with Masvidal. And I think it was hesitation maybe because he was expecting a, a wrestling heavy game plan from Camaro and that never materialized. Longo's going to kill me. I didn't have my phone on. He's been in the waiting room for two minutes. Let's get hey. to the Longo minute. Oh my God. The Ray Longo minute. John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. So excited. Who's about to play us without? All right. All right. Oh, Cody, from now on, as soon as this <laughs> motherfucker sits in the seat, you need to start start speeding, okay? Oh, well, it's recording. It's okay. Just depends right. how one I want to edit it. All right. So, yeah, you uh, you have carte blanche. You are the executive producer, uh, which means you your, your power actually supersedes uh, Kenny Florian's three times Ken Flo fought for a fucking UFC title and Cody actually has more power on this program but it is great to have Raymond Peter Longo with us my man and uh, we thank you for giving us extended time today because I know it has been a, a huge ordeal over the last 48 hours or so and uh, all the love and respect and thought and prayer from me and Kenny and the whole MMA community has been with you I mean you were at the forefront of our thoughts of course as we saw what happened to Chris Wyman over the weekend. Uh, I don't even know where to begin, my man, but uh, it's nice to see you. I'm glad you're home safely. I'm glad Chris can drive and not fly on Wednesday. Uh, how are you holding up? Yeah, it's, you know, it's good. It's it's a little surreal because, you know, like, again, man, everything, you know, it's sometimes everything, you do everything right and goes wrong and, you know, vice versa. But, man, the weight cut was the best I've ever seen. The rehigh went well. His warm up in the dressing room was great. Uh, yeah, you know, his head was in the right spot. It just it's it's crazy, and, and and it's like ten seconds. So I don't even know where I was this weekend. But uh, you know, just as long as he's he's back, the surgery went well. I talked to Marivi last night. I didn't. Yeah. Even, I haven't even spoken to him yet because. And give him a chance to clear right. his head. But people right. were telling me he was posting on Instagram and stuff. So 
Uh, I'm glad to see he's, you know, back to, you know, at least talking. That that's got to be rough, man. So did you? I mean, see, he, yeah. Did you see what he said in the post on, on the Instagram post about no, the surgery? Yeah. So essentially, when they fixed the tibia or the fibula, but when they fixed one of the bones and put the rod in, I think they went in through the knee. But the other one aligned kind of like on its own naturally, like wow. so there's a chance that if that one heals properly, you know, that there there could be some good news here, you know. So oh, nice. uh yeah, so and they're trying to get him up and everything else. And uh it's just and he, you know, he's such a positive guy, Kenny, that I don't know if you saw the video, Ray, but he said also that when he was on the ground just writhing in pain, he he was trying to focus on how he was gonna turn it into a positive whether it was documenting his recovery or because when you look down and your, your leg is mangled like that. Right. I mean, uh, it's like how, what are, you're trying to deal with the pain if you don't go in shock, you know? Um, without a doubt. I mean, that's a, you know, that's a brutal injury and look, the coincidence with Anderson, coincidence because we were talking today in the gym is that, you know, it was the second Anderson fight and this was his second fight with Hall. That's a, you right. know, like the universe is speaking type of deal, but wow, yeah. what a crazy, crazy turn of events. I think that's the first thing Dana said to me when he came in the octagon. So it's like, what are the odds of that? And then, and then I, I say Dana was really, really nice in the, in the, in the octagon. He said, we'll get him the best doctor. Nice. But uh, just, Man, I, I, it's just if, if even if it would have happened in the second round, it would have been bad. But we would have. It's just that there was quest the first thing thrown. It was insane. First strike, yeah. first strike thrown. That's the crazy thing. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, so Ray, uh, you said that uh, in the back, and I think you said I called you on my drive back from Jacksonville. He took my call, Ken Flo. By the way, um, for the right. record. I'm just trying to keep it light. That's why our poll question today that Cody will get to. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to keep joke. trying to make Chris Here's it. Why is like I did that? No. When Chris Weidman is in a hospital in Jacksonville. And I was thinking we'll you know, if he dares to I have. Hey, sorry, your your connection today actually is not good. So I started oh. talking because you went completely silent. I'm trying to save the show. Okay. Um, but no, but no, I Chris is obviously in a hospital and on morphine. And I thought if he maybe opened the Twitter machine and saw it, it would make him laugh for a second. That's why I did it. I could have said, Hey, who do y'all think's going to win Dominic Reyes or Yuri Prohaska? But I asked people what your t-shirt size was, but Hey, I don't want to get to that right now. This I'll tell you what, you, he will laugh at that though, because it was, it's a funny, pretty funny story. Thank you. We'll thank you. My yeah. wife no, thought no, it was hysterical and she doesn't everybody even think I'm up funny. On it. I was like, I don't know. They gave me the wrong size though. How's that? No, oh, I don't know. I didn't yeah. know that they gave you the wrong size. So there's a story here that I didn't even know existed. I was just curious. Uh, you the, know? X, the XL was like a rash guard on me. Guy, I'm not fucking walking out like this. I go, give me a. So I just to play it safe. I swear to God, John. I go, give me a triple X. Give me a triple X. I go. All right, at least it's loose. You know, I swear to God. Look I'm like not a moo. Go. I can't. And then I go. Uh, then I. I, I can't. I tell, I tell, I said, I want a double X for the dressing room. And they gave me a triple X again. Like, what am I going to do at that point? But dude, that XL, forget about it. I got used to the Reebok stuff. <laughs> it was not, that would have been a disaster. Trust me when I tell you, crazy. And then I wore a tent. That was that, that was, he said they had to go to Omar the tent maker. 
It was either a rash guard or a muumu or a dress. There's no no in between, really. No one. I... Like, Ray was gonna come out in overalls like Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. You know what was even worse? The sneak my your sneakers. What's wrong with your sneakers? You can cut out again. No, I said my sneaker size was 13. It was crazy. <laughs> I was like Bozo the Clown that night. It was really horrible. So, uh, Kenny, I didn't know the reason I'm having a hard time pulling. I didn't know I was opening up this type of can. I I saw you once, and I thought to myself, your shirt either looked way too big or way too small. So maybe this would be a good poll question. Little did I know that there was all of this. So wait, what's the right, right answer? So what's this the right answer? What size guess, shirt did you wear out on Fight Night? Was it Triple X? Oh, don't pause on me now, motherfucker! No. Hey. Hey, 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 you paused, bro. You're frozen, well, man. Maybe we'll get a better connection. Yeah, sure. maybe you, we're going to, we, we may have to hang up with Ray, who is just frozen. Oh, Ken yeah, Flo's yeah. commentary, incidentally, so oh, good this weekend that Cody <laughs> said it was like he was frozen in time. I think um, Ken do you notice how much better his commentating on these fights was now that he had a successful night with the PFL? I think he, he's revived. He seems excited. You, look at the sun on his goddamn again. face. My look soul at him. Is, he's a different is, guy. Is he's back in the booth. Look at that vitamin D through the hotel window. I'm Ray, still Ray. laughing about this. Yeah. yeah, no, Ray, Ray, you cut out oh when you God. were trying to tell the audience what t <laughs> what size t-shirt did you wear out to the octagon? It was a triple X. Oh my fucking God, it was triple X. I'm sorry about the language. 30.4% of our listeners said triple X. I almost didn't put triple X as a choice in the poll. My wife oh my said God. large. I think she has a secret crush on Ray Long. Oh man, large. Tell her I love her. That's she had to uh she had to dance with Bruce Buffer at Zach Candido's wedding, and she's uh, I think she's still upset with me about that. She would love to dance with Ray Longo though. Yeah, listen, uh, anyway. XO, the XO looked like a bib on me. So, like a baby's bib. That's a, well, the venom, I guess, has an athletic fit. Uh, yeah, I go, what am I, 20 years old? Give me a fright. I go, Kenny, I truly had Just no idea. It was that, a, uh, listen, it was an omen for things to come. That the, those the the fucking yeah. size thirteen shoes, the the triple XL yeah. shirt. I, we should have known. I can't cancel believe the it fight. Was Next time that happens, I can't believe cancel it was the triple fight. X. Yeah, the only thing so, those speakers didn't do we were explode like you know like uh, a clown at a party. I didn't have the uh, exploding shoes, but they were pretty close. So on did my they, drive, did they honk when you walked? Yeah, 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 it was like that. <laughs> so on my drive oh my back God. from Jacksonville, you said Chris was just and in the best of ways, but sort of bad intentioned, right? The way he was warming up, just the way he trained. He, Kenny, he said he hasn't trained like this since the Machida fight in 2014. You know, the desperation training every day, but training smart. Like this dude was ready to go make a run and become a world champion. I tell you what, I saw it in Chris's eyes. The same things that I saw in Kamar Usman, I saw a Chris that I hadn't seen in a very long time. As soon as he walked out there, I was like, this kid looks focused. He looks ready. He looked in shape. And then that happened. And it was yeah. horrific to watch. It was horrible. Was, yeah. Especially was, knowing all those things that Ray was telling us. Right. He was injury-free. He was training well. He was focused. Terrible. I was so excited to see how it was going to translate in the fight. I really was. And then I was like, I, man, I was just the wackiest shit I ever saw. Really, really crazy for that time and for the whole situation. But crazy. So Uriah Hall, Kenny, 
he didn't check the kick, correct? I mean, it, to me, it looked like he did. He did, okay. Because he opened up his knee just a little bit. Now, maybe just a little. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but again, so, like again, that knee does when a knee is kind of flexed, it is you might as well kick a uh, like a pole. That's right, right. Yeah. And right. When especially the, at the point where it meets. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. So at the point on the thigh or down by the calf, that's a total not that's not happening, but he just hit it in the perfect spot. That's what happened. Yep. That's what happened with Anderson too. I mean, those exactly. It's not. I don't think it's the best thing for your knee, but you know, like again, I did that to somebody like 10, 15 years ago, which chin guards on, which was crazy. But when the knee is in a flex position, it can withstand a lot of pain, man, a lot. And uh, it didn't look on that side like that's what happened, but that's what happened. So I'm going to try to be as efficient as humanly possible with these 40 or so minutes that we have remaining with Ray. So I want to get both of your thoughts on this, right? We talk about calf kicks and low kicks in modern day mixed martial arts. It's a, a tremendous trend in our sport. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that are just, you know, Ken Flo had some sort of funny tweets like, hey, all right, everybody huddle around now. Uh, all right. No more kicks like no below leg. the leg. Okay. Right. Because a lot of bad shit's happening. Okay. Uh, but Jim Miller, I told this story probably on these airwaves. Okay. Jim Miller told us, I believe, in a fighter meeting that he started working on the low leg kicks for the Nate Diaz fight, right? I believe he used them in the Joe Lozon fight, and he felt that in his shin in a negative way for three years, right? So when you are throwing these, we talk so much about defending these, Kenny, right? And wearing shin pads in practice and, and no, you know, how do you defend them? Are you tough genetically? Uh, I mean, are you, are you built well genetically? Can you take the kick, right? But in terms of, of these low calf kicks right um what what are your thoughts on, on this one in particular and, and how it sort of relates to all of that you know yeah there's no doubt about it that if you are a leg kicker that you are also taking damage yourself okay that just just because you see one guy kind of limping and the other guy's kicking and he looks to be okay doesn't mean that he's not feeling it every leg kick that every muay thai guy has thrown also hurts them to a certain extent especially no over time and you're doing it for years so you know that whole idea that you know uh you know some thai guy has like these invincible shins they're feeling it they're feeling probably every single one of them so you know it, it's brutal on everyone's body right um this one in particular was just it like ray said it happened to hit at the worst spot possible on uriah hall's like it's like the very top of the shin bottom of the knee which is the hardest part like if you want to block that's exactly where you do right, it right and chris is hitting with the lower part of the lever of his leg exactly. which is the most vulnerable part and he's swinging that thing at a considerable amount of speed without it right doubt. so it's yep. like if you saw me like hey john watch this i'm gonna kick this fire hydrant right now the same thing would happen to that's my exactly, leg that's kind of what it's like and I'll tell you, you yeah. know, you go back to even the ties, you don't see a lot of leg kicks when it's tie against tie because they will yeah. check them and it hurts everybody, like you say. But it's yeah. funny, you put like an American or another kickboxer in there, you'll see those kicks all day long. They just bury right. them. Well, right. Because they're not afraid of anything, you know yeah. what I mean? But And they will kick to the leg, but it's still different. And it's not, they're not getting away right. from it. Because they don't know how to block. Right. And so it, becomes gonna, a, mother, it becomes a macho thing too. Let me see how, right. is my mm -hmm. shin against you, your, your shin? And I try, you know, you got to catch it up on the highest part close to the knee against his weakest part. It's, you know, if you can place it, there's accuracy involved. And 
a lot of other things. But, you know, like Kenny said, nobody gets away for free. I've seen right, nice right. initiatives after like everybody else. Right. You There's know? some, yeah. you know, nerve numbing or whatever yeah. and, and things like that. But, no, yeah, I, I, I just wonder if it gives fighters offensively pause knowing that you catch one of these wrong. You know, you don't necessarily – God willing, break your leg. But, you know, Jim Miller felt it for three years, and that certainly gave him pause, I think, at times. He's like, the reason you didn't see me throwing leg kicks in the next three fights is because, you know, I injured it in a fight prior offensively, not taking one the other way. Um, so, well, we look forward to uh, to Chris's documenting this. I think that's what he's going to lean into. Uh, it's just sad in terms of the career trajectory. But, Ray, I think uh, you seem pretty bullish on the fact that, you know, and especially hearing what I said about the surgery, like you seem to think that he'll he'll be able to fight again. Like, what what do you think? I know you haven't talked to the guy, but like, I absolutely think he's got one New York walk left in him at least after this. You know, um, I just think he's going to be motivated to do that. I really do. Yeah, no, he's he's. I'm going to say I haven't talked to him. He's 100 percent fighting again. If I know him. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to want to fight again. He's not going to want to go out like that. And I, I think the fact that even Anderson fought after his leg break is going to be right. more inspiration for him to go. I'm going back in there too. I don't think he'd he'd go out like that. And the good thing is, you know, I mean, Weidman, look, he his wrestling is his strong point. He's got great hands when he wants to use them, and uh, he could he could he could devise a whole another game around the attributes he has. Whereas you right. know, Silver right. really was a great kickboxer. And if you take away one of those weapons, it's it's worse to him. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Chris wasn't the biggest kicker, even though he kicks like a mule. Uh, you know, we've never seen him do that. But when I first started training Chris and, uh, you know, he left a lot of guys laying in the, on the floor of the octagon with just leg kicks. Yeah. And I, I'm really glad just that, uh, you know, if you heard Anthony Smith talk about when he went down to Carolina and trained with him, he said, I don't know how this guy even has a fucking loss. And. What he's saying is true. This is uh, he's very well trained, and that's why I say when he started losing it was more confusing to me because I know the capabilities of this guy. Yeah. And to hear, I was it was happy to hear Anthony Smith be, and that's a realistic. You know, he's a great guy. I mean, they are friends, but he's telling it like it is. I wasn't there, but I I know the way the guy is when he's on. He he's he is a motherfucker, like you know. Rogan said. I've never heard like you and Matt Sarah talk about an athlete the way you guys yeah. talk about Weidman, and you both talk about it the same way. And this was not the first time that Anthony Smith had brought up Chris Weidman. He talked about it with the schmo in an interview earlier. He said, "I trained with the guy for two weeks. Like I barely got anything done in yeah. any realm of martial arts. Like no, best he... guy I've ever trained with by far." And yes, to your point, I don't know how he ever lost, but you know, yeah. I got to spend great time with you guys this week and. uh Chris just looked so goddamn good. And so did Uriah Hall. And Uriah Hall has won four in a row, and that's a whole different conversation. And I hope we can have that for five minutes later. But yeah. um, Chris just seemed really ready to to sort of resume his ascent. And uh, that's why I think this hits, you know, even deeper for you. Yeah, no, it's just I, I really – I really was dying to see what was going to happen because I, I knew where his head was at. I know him good enough to know that something was different. He was just in a good spot. You know, at one point I said something to him, he goes, Are you, you know, you're just trying to make me feel better. You know, like we got that kind of relationship, but I was right. like, I'm, I'm telling you, this is, you know, I've been with you a long time. I know when you're feeling good and there's times like when I walk in there and I'm definitely a little nervous and there's times when I'm not nervous at all. And I was not, remotely nervous and when i say nervous i mean to an extent where you know i'm like hey, i hope this goes it 
I was, I, I really was excited. I really wasn't to have it. And I think I was in like a state of shock when it happened. And even when Dana was talking, I think I zoned out, but yeah, uh, just, you know, um, I just hope, you know, I know I'm glad he's all right. And that's really the bottom line for me. Cody texted me. Anderson Silva fought seven times after the Weidman leg break. That was December of 2013. I wonder how old Anderson Silva was, uh, probably about the same age when it did happen. So as Ken Flo knows and Ray now knows, 1982, Dateline, Wellesley, Massachusetts. I broke my femur, spiral fracture. Back then, no medical treatment like they have today, right? So I'm shitting in a bedpan for eight weeks in traction at the Boston Lying in Hospital or whatever, right? But I went into shock right when my leg broke. So I remember my mom and my grandmother, I love you guys, but idiot sticks taking me to the pediatrician's office. Can you take me to the hospital, please? I have a spiral fracture in my femur, right? So they finally get me to the hospital. But I remember them taking me to the pediatrician first. I remember them cutting my overalls with scissors. I'm five years old, by the way. Cutting my overalls with the cold scissors, right? But it didn't seem like Chris went into shock. It seemed like he was he was writhing in pain. Like, Ray, what are you thinking in the moment? You said, you like you just said, it made me think of that story because you said, I just went into shock. Um, yeah. Like, it was very shocking, but I don't think Chris went into shock. I think he was writhing in pain. No, I mean, look, they weren't letting me in the octagon. I was just trying to glance over, make sure, you know, he was all right. But uh, did they let any of you in the octagon? They didn't no. let Wonderboy? No. No. And, and Ray, you saw, you, you saw the whole thing? Did you see it happen in real time? I, As- I'm going to say, if you go back to the audio, I said, great kick. And then his oh, foot hit man. the floor, and I go, right wow. Was that his knee? I, I and then then they put it up and I go, holy crap! You know, it was right, almost you can't complete... always see everything in the octagon. You know, the angle where you're at, right, and you see right. the kick, and you right. You know, it was That's the thing was with Anderson. It was the thing with Anderson. Like, you know, obviously, you know, all the morons on uh, on social media go berserk, but we had no idea what happened to Anderson that time. Of course, we, of we course. He just you right. know got his leg checked and you know whatever. I mean, that was it. Yeah. He was you know something else happened. Then you look in the screen and you go. Holy crap, it's one of those things that's very hard to look at for anybody. Yeah, I didn't seek out the old video. Go ahead, Kenny. I was going to say for for me guys, you know, I I believe that, you know, just the way that Chris is built and, you know, how he is, I I think physically he's going to be fine. What concerns me is, you know, and we saw with Anderson Silva, you know, even Jose Aldo for whatever happened to his foot or whatever, we, we, we didn't see him kick as much, you know, in his career, you know, uh, for me, I think Anderson kind of stopped kicking a little bit. I, I, I wonder what I'm concerned about is how this affects Chris mentally for his next fight. Should that happen is like, is he going to be second guessing that kick or, you know, is he going to use that in the same way? And, and you obviously know Chris better than anybody. How do you think he's going to come back from this mentally? Uh, look, I think it's going to be a challenge, but I don't think he even has to kick like that, you know, and he's got mm-hmm. uh, great front kicks also that he could use, you know, right. to the solar plexus. He stabs you really nice. Yes, uh, he does. You're right. He's got great hands. And if he blends his hands in with his wrestling, I, I look it, on a weird way, it could make him better, you know, less things mm-hmm. to think about and really isolate what you do. Cause he should really right. like that fight was going to hit the ground one point or another there's nothing sure, no doubt. There, there was nothing anybody could do i don't think anybody's ever stopped him completely from taking him down and uh if anything he focused on this camp and again i was only there for a short period of time was his wrestling you know he had a couple of big guys that he was wrestling with and i think that got him back to uh you know back to you know that type of cardio which is what he needs in his fights is to be able to do 
what he likes to do over and over and over again. And I'm sure yeah. you could talk to those wrestlers for a guy that's 36, going to be 37. He's still hanging with tough guys, man. There's, there's, I've never seen anybody. I've never seen anybody piss on him in wrestling. And if they had a good day, they have 10 bad days in a row after that. He makes yeah. that adjustment quick. His wrestling is, is yeah. off the hook. I'm telling you, he, he, he might've got bored with everything at one point. Who knows, you know, because he, it's not, yeah. it's something that like, again, I've never seen anybody give him a problem. He's you know, a total he, phenom. I mean, if you hearken back to some of the early wins that he had, yeah, right? The Munoz and Maya and why he's a total phenom. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I didn't seek out the old video of Anderson Silva, but this one seemed more violent and, uh, and worse. And you're right, Kenny, you know, I'm watching the monitor, right? Because you have to, that's, that's going to give you the best angle. That's the angle they're getting back at home, but you're right. It stands to reason that Ray could have missed it. But again, we're thinking about Chris a lot and, uh, yeah, you know, they'll they'll move uh they'll move back to South or they'll drive back to South Carolina, I guess, on Wednesday. At least they he said he drove, right? Like five hours or so, Ray. He drove from South Carolina to Jacksonville, so he'll just drive home. I guess they'll drive him home, right? And not fly, presumably. I, I thought he flew, but I I know his what his wife drove down, but oh. I'm not sure he did. All right. I thought uh I thought he told I me I could be wrong I to my fat face that he drove, but I, I I've been wrong before. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh I, man, you know, this so, sport is crazy, right? Even, even with uh, you know, Masvidal, who I really, you know, like as a fight, I mean, you stick around long enough, man, shit's gonna happen. It's yeah. just the way it is, it's the way that curve works. And again, first time he's been knocked out in 50 fights, which yeah. was surprising, but I mean, just all the credit to Usman, man, for pulling that off. I don't think there could have been a more satisfying way for him to win that fight. Uh, but like, again, man, this, this is a, you know, it's not for the weak hearted, you yeah. know what I mean? You have to be mentally squared away. Yeah. You're, you're going to get, you're going to get swept out with the current yeah. eventually, and you're not coming back. All right. I want to get to some other UFC 261 things and, uh, inject sort of Colby Covington into the conversation and Ray certainly want your thoughts, big picture on Kamaru Usman, but Kenny. Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington fought at UFC 245. I would agree with Dana. It's one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. You go back and watch Colby landed a ton of huge shots. You know, people thought maybe I over-exaggerated some of those shots on the broadcast. But, dude, he was landing bombs. What do you think about Usman Covington too, Ken Flo, as, as the next fight for, for Kamaru as he goes for 19 in a row? Listen, I would have liked to seen him fight Wonder Boy myself just because it's a different fight. And I also think it'd be really intriguing seeing the best striker in the division take on the best grappler in the division, best wrestling division. But there's no question. You can't deny what happened in that first fight and what the second fight will most likely produce. I think these guys do not like each other. I'm not sure there's anyone who likes Colby Covington if you're going to fight him. Oh, okay. um, and, and I was going to say, I you like know what I mean? No, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't have has, to fight. He, right, exactly. He has a way of bringing out, um, you know, the anger in his opposition. And um, he knows how to build a fight, uh, whether you like it or you hate it. Uh, and uh, I think that we would see a lot of that animosity. Um, again, I think these guys are both improving as fighters, both kind of at the, uh, at, in the prime of their career. And I think they would deliver another fantastic fight. Ray, what what'd you make of the Nigerian nightmare? No, I mean, come on. He's uh look, the huh, first huh. first thing I'm gonna make out of it is exactly what he said. And I mean, first of all, 
and hats off to Trevor Whitman. This guy's on fire. He's got some crew of people over there now, fighters that are, are crazy. But what he said, stick to the basics. I love that, man. The basics are where it's at, period. That's it. You know, we get caught up in uh, jumping around, switching leads, running all over the place. But when you got a great foundation with the basics, you are hard to beat with anything. And that, to me, is the takeaway. And I, I've been trying to do that with some of the up-and-coming guys now because, you know, as you – you wick guys for a long time, you want to switch it up a little bit, or you know, you have an injury, so you go south for you maybe do something different. But I love what he said, and I know Trev is like that. You could say even his personality, he's just, you know, he's a humble guy. He's doing a great job with these guys. But the basics, 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 you can't get enough of them. And when they're downright, man, you're really, really hard to beat. Uh, as far as the rematch with Covington, listen, it was a great fight. I agree with you. The big difference to me is that. Uh, Usman now has fought some really he's growing he's still getting better yeah you know what I mean and he's fought great people you know think of the people he's fought Covington's been a little quieter you know what I mean so hopefully he's gotten some the right working but he's going to see a totally different Usman in that fight uh Covington is tough though and I, I like that first fight was close so uh I think it's going to make for a great rematch but I think the difference to me is what what Usman has done yeah. And now he's in a and, and now he's in a different spot too with uh you know uh Trevor and Henry and I'm, I was great to hear him say that Henry texts him. I know they have a great relationship. Yep. So yep. he's surrounded by great people and it shows, man. They just uh I, I just I, I love what he said about the basics. I don't think you could argue with that. Uh if anybody does, I think you're a complete idiot. And uh it paid off and it should pay off because you gotta pay attention to small details. Yeah. And you, grinded i guys saying they don't even want to hit the heavy bag like i don't you know like you should be getting work in every day and when and with everything wrestling right, right. Uh, it doesn't have to be a berserker you know right. workout ever but every day you got to have yeah. that shit down and you could get it and it's, yeah. it's really attainable man and i think the guys that put the work in could make a make a nice little splash whether they become a champion or not Presumably, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson was told that Colby Covington was going to get the next championship opportunity. As such, he took that Gilbert Burns fight, right? Otherwise, you probably wait, let this one marinate, and if it goes quickly as it did, maybe you slide in there. But Wonderboy has a fight on the books. All right. Kenny, Thug Rose, Nama Yunus. I mean, you talk about having uh, a pension for coming up big with big things and strikes and big moments. You know, when people would ask me, like, what's the, the biggest moment that you've seen singularly it was rose namayunas knocking out yoana yon jacek and uh she ends a 21 fight winning streak of zhang wei li what do you have for me on uh on the new now two-time strawweight champ thug rose namayunas uh, to me this was a demonstration of a martial artist defeating an athlete right because you had zhang wei li a tremendous athlete very powerful very fast Rose Namajunas, tall, lanky, doesn't look like a fighter. She's this petite, you know, uh, good-looking, kind of skinny girl. Um, and she has this martial arts repertoire that will uh -huh. absolutely decimate you if you are not prepared. Um, she's intelligent. She's always training. You may not see her as often as everybody else. She's training and getting better all the time, man. And you saw it. You saw it on the on the first time you saw her in the Ultimate Fight, hitting flying arm bars. You're like, who is this girl? Like, what is going on? She's amazing. You saw the potential, and now you're seeing it. You're seeing her fulfill and realize that potential, and it's uh, amazing to see. And you know, uh, Joe Rogan said he got emotional. I got emotional watching that as well. 
to see her. And, 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 you know, there was a lot of pressure on her and, you know, she was the champ before and for her to come back and, you know, with everything that she's dealt with in her life and, and to see where she's at spiritually at this point in her life yeah. and to see her get that belt back was just an amazing thing. And, you know, our job is to not be biased and not take sides and all that stuff. But how do you not feel good about someone like a Rose Namunis? Um, I, I was, I, I was really moved by it. It was awesome to see. Uh, she's a special person and a special fighter. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I ditto everything he said, but what an absolute sweetheart. Her and Pat Barry just got some time. We were, you know, on the same bus and standing there, but just what an absolute sweetheart. I, I love everything about her. I love the countdown when she's doing Sinawali. She's got the sticks. I was glad that she put, you know, I saw Craig Nelson back in the corner. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's a Jeet Kune Do guy. And you I just the fact that she's, and willing to do every martial art there is. I love it. What could you not love about this kid? Yeah. So she's so nice. I mean, it's 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 incredible. And even her playing the piano was 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 great. So she's not one dimensional. She's a person. And I love the way she spoke. And she wants to do things. I think it was for the environment or whatever it is. But it's always going to be a good cause. This is a this is a really really sweet person. Who's fucking incredible as oh my player. gosh i, mean, I just, got both of you guys swearing today i love it no, i don't I, yeah but you know what i'm saying like again look at the footwork the way she controlled the range of that fight for as long as it went but she does it with everybody uh you know i was in the dressing room with uh wiley and uh i and i had just left like rose like maybe the day before she's big man i i knew that was going to be a problem like yeah you know, she's not the easiest to get near I think uh, Wiley probably had a strength advantage, but man, was never going to come into play. This kid, yeah, of yep, yeah, beautiful. The timing on that kick was beautiful, and she's just a beautiful person. The little I've gotten to know, I don't can't say I know her really well, but uh, I, I've never had a bad interaction with her or Pat Barry. They're just sweet yeah. people. I awesome. Just, I love to see it more than anything. I don't, yeah, fuck about the fighting. You know what I mean? I, you know, to right. me, I, I made so many new friends on this trip and. There's so many nice people in this community that uh, it, it's crazy. But you had That's to great. be happy for her. You had to be, you yeah. know, because you're not going to see her acting like an idiot on Instagram. You just you're not going to see that, man. She's a she's yeah. a sweet person. I love what she stands for. Again, I love the fact that she's a martial artist, and you know she's you know I, like again even the fact with Craig Nelson still being there it was great to see. It really was because you know I I love martial arts more than i right, like fighting, right you know what i mean and there is i a love difference. it i love and it and that that's what i see her as and i think she represents that and to me man i'll back her any day of the week with anything she wants to do i think she's a sweetheart and so are you because you're actively making new friends in your early 60s i was just saying to somebody the other day like i'm not looking for new friends you know i'm not looking for any new friends sorry no friend openings no friend openings let me tell you something that's the best part you're cutting uh, out, God you, damn it, Ray. What? You're cutting out, man. Oh, like, I, you got me hanging on your every fucking word. Yeah, I said, me, look, I'm I, still I, hanging. That's the best part of the story. So <laughs> while I was, I had the pleasure of meeting Sam Greco, uh, Kenny, who was a yeah. K-1. Yes. Who didn't of this course. guy? He's still, the guy's a beast. I'm standing next to him I'm like, how fucking big is this guy? I don't even know. But what a sweetheart he, he is. And. I guess we started talking about, you know, it was like Pat Barry, me, uh, Weidman, him, and Jimmy Crude, who's one of my favorite people in oh, the world. I we got to get to that, man, because these 
these Australians, man. We will. I, I tell you, they are. I, I don't think I've met better people. I mean, I love these yeah. guys, this whole team. But uh, we will know, get to Jimmy Crew. We will get to Sam, Jimmy Crew. Sam asked me how old I was, and I said I'm going to be 63 in a couple of weeks. And Rose turned around. She goes, "No way, that's impossible." And I go, "No, no, Rose. Unfortunately, it's true." And did you ever see me get out of a chair? Because <laughs> you, know, you just see me standing here talking. That's yeah. not a good right. representation of anything. But for her even saying that, her even even saying that to me, I, I, I'm swearing by this kid. She's my favorite person. I love it. Right. Well, and before I said early 60s, I thought to myself, man, this guy, is he really? He doesn't look it, you know? I almost said late 50s. Hey, Kenny, real quick, because I know you love the martial arts stuff, and it's just yeah. sort of a couple real things. I'll, just on Rose, just my notes, you know, um, Pat Barry texted me after the fight that she just executed perfectly. I mean, obviously, you know, there are certain things. 100%. And a lot of these elite athletes are just waiting for one mistake. And if it doesn't materialize, they fuck you up for 25 minutes. And if it does, something super violent can happen. Um, Greg Nelson, she brought him back three training camps ago just because she felt like the details were maybe getting away from her. You know, I mean, he's brought so much to your point. Um, Chico Camus, just super athlete that's totally devoted to her, right, that gets her into her flow. It's completely catered to her. And then, of course, Trevor effing witness. Yeah. So, well, um, Trevor, yeah. Trevor, I mean, you can't say anything. I mean, I don't know. This guy's he's living large now, man. He's back yeah. in it and he's got great guys. Usman's got to be a huge addition to that camp and, you know, Ray, I'll start with you on Chong yeah. Wei Lee and then get to Kenny. Again, I'm trying to get to all these athletes because yeah, yeah. I don't want to keep you here forever. No, uh, no, you know, Zhang Wei Lee, you know, linear a little bit as a striker. She got tuned up by Joanna. Again, I've watched that fight three times. I had Joanna winning all three times. And I think Zhang Wei Lee is going to beat a lot of people, as she did to earn her championship opportunity. But um, they definitely have some uh, some work to do. What were your thoughts on Zhang Wei Lee as short as the fight was? No, listen, I think, you know, uh, you know she's coming to fight, right? But I think you, I think you hit on a pretty good point. She's pretty linear. Uh, I do believe she's she's strong for her size, but uh, when you have a person that can execute like Rose, it, it, that's never going to be a good fight for her. It just never will because Rose, I believe, the only way that becomes a problem is if Rose can't do that for five rounds, she starts to gas out. But when she's up on her toes, moving like that, she's she, uh, I I believe she'll be the Nine out of ten times. Ken Flo, your thoughts on Zhang Wei Li, your appetite for a rematch. I mean, certainly there are a lot of people at 115 pounds. There's the Carla Esparza Yan Xiaonan fight, which is happening at UFC 262. Esparza has a lot of momentum, has a head-to-head win over Rose Namajunas. That was the inaugural UFC Strawweight title fight in 2014. Yan Xiaonan is a really good fighter. Yoana yeah. is lurking, but has two head-to-head losses against Rose. Your thoughts on Zhang Wei Li moving forward and divisionally, where do you stand? You know, people forget, people forget that Zhang Wei Li hasn't been in this game that long, really. You know, she won, what, she made her UFC debut and then a year later she was champ, you know, so, uh, right? uh, So, I mean, she hasn't been in the game that long. She still has a lot to learn. That is both good and uh, and unfortunate. Um, But I think that's what was exposed here against Rose. Rose's footwork, I think, was really the difference. She didn't know when and where to enter uh, against uh, Rose Namajunas with that those circular half circles that she was making there. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think that Zhang Wei Li uh, is going to get better from this. She's going to learn from this. Um, I think it was a tough stylistic matchup for her, um, and she will be sharper. She's a tremendous athlete. She also really surrounds herself with, um, 
you know, great people. I also think she is a true martial artist as well. She has exactly. the mentality yeah. and she will be back strong from this. Same way, you know, Rose Namajunas, same thing. You, you know, rarely is success a straight line up. You know, yeah. all of these fighters, you know, uh, Kamar Usman aside, uh, have experienced ups and downs. And from these downs, the key is to be aware, to be present, to figure out what the hell you did wrong. And then you'll learn more from those experiences than any of your wins. And I think we'll see that with Zhang Wei Li. Yeah, I, and I agree too. And I, I love her also because I tell you, I love watching when she's doing Tai Chi. And I mean, it's 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 great. They had to do some other strike, look like Sing E to me. I don't know what I was looking at, but she's uh, she's embracing the martial arts too. So I think, you know, they seem like nice people in the dressing room. And, you know, I wish her the best of luck too. I mean, it's just, I think this fight, was just a I, I wrote she's just too good at that range man she yeah. really does she puts the combinations she's yeah. in and out she's hard yeah. to hit she's quick she's powerful uh she's got a just a well-rounded game and again i'm going back to just and basics it's not really nothing crazy man it's that you know shuffle footwork and they're not bouncing on the yeah. toes it's just beautiful to watch for me it is i love what were the what were the odds for that one sean I was just going to say, Kempfo wakes up his daughter, True, on Sunday morning and says, Truey, we just bought a bunch of Bitcoin, honey, because Rose Namajunas cashed at plus 160. <laughs> I mean, I know you picked her on the show. She was, but she was a plus did. 160, huh? She was wow. plus, okay, plus 160. Okay, I yeah. wasn't sure if it was two yeah. one at that point or not, but yeah. it's amazing what she was yeah. able to accomplish there. Yeah. yeah. All right, so my notes say PFL at 650. We have to talk about Kempfo on the broadcast at 641, which means we have nine minutes to talk about Valentina Shevchenko, Jimmy oh, Crude, yeah. and anything else. Oh, How yeah, about yeah, this yeah. crowd, though, when the first athletes of the night walk out, right? Um, do you think Bruce Buffer went into the octagon? He did. He And he said to me after the fact, when we shared a, a glass of white wine, as we often do, don't judge us. In his do, you, do you hook your arms around <laughs> each other and drink the opposite glass? Do you do that? Uh, all he said he <laughs> bunch of freaking yeah. So he said that he he said that uh, he was not afraid to be a cheerleader, and you can be sure, like Ken Flo, it was commentator turned fan for me too. Like I was literally yeah. like asking for COVID, like taking pictures with fans, thanking uh, yeah. them. Right? It meant so much to us, and obviously the athletes. Right. And uh, I think to suggest that. The crowd did not play a role in some of these performances is not giving the fans enough credit. Um, I'm kind of a broken record on this. If you've ingested anything I've said over the last week, Kenny, but like crowd can take away a bad warm up pretty quickly and wake your ass up. Right. Can it not? Uh, I agree. It's totally different. You know, when I fought in the ultimate fighter uh, house, it, it was completely quiet. It was the weirdest oh, yeah. thing. You hear everything. The energy is completely yeah. different. And then you, you go out to, let's say a UFC fight night, where it's a smaller venue or you go into that large arena, and they're all different experiences, for better or worse. So for me as a fan, the energy just seemed completely different, even just watching it from, from my uh, so couch much better or bed on or TV, it was. right? It was, dude, it was awesome. It was, hearing the fans and everything, it was cool. You know, maybe too many news, but other than that, it was cool. I would have rather heard a, whatever it is. Hi, right, right, right. Yeah, can we get one of those, please? Definitely not. Please. <laughs> please. Yeah, yeah, everything's timing. Oh, there it is. Everything's Coda, timing. Please. God. Uh, all right. So Valentina Shevchenko had a no, point yeah. to prove. If you would have told me that there would be this type of strength discrepancy between her and Jessica Andrade, I just, you know, and maybe it's my ignorance, but Kenny, uh, seven for seven on takedowns Ooh, and wow. uh, 
Shevchenko, too, I have to just say, and now I can say it, sits down in the fighter meeting and just seemed like something was up, you know? Just, uh, she seemed like she was carrying extra weight in her face, you know, didn't have the color in her face and uh, performed just fine on Saturday night, didn't she? You know, John, and, and Ray, Ray could probably relate to this as well. Every once in a while, you get a guy in the gym who's chirping, who'd be like, oh, I could beat that UFC guy, you know, just give me my uh, chance in sparring. I want to go out there, show what kind of fighter I am. And the dude just gets mauled like he's never fought before. That's kind of what Shevchenko That's kind of what Shevchenko did to Andrade, dude. It was like, oh, oh, you think you think you can beat me? That's cute. Let me show you what's up. And she got, I mean, she got tossed around like a piece of candy. I mean, it was unbelievable. She walked through her like it was a training session, like it was like a newcomer. And Andrade has been around. She's a powerful girl. She can throw people on their heads, and she couldn't do anything against Shevchenko like like nothing and Shevchenko's not even known as this like big time wrestler and she absolutely was making her an example out of Andrade and kind of proving a point out there that was impressive man I mean I got one word assassin I mean yeah. she really is somebody said it I think I don't know where I heard it I think I heard it but she is the closest thing to a secret agent I've ever seen in my life. I mean, she, she just like yeah, right. I mean, she's beaten half the guys at that weight, I believe. I mean, yeah. she's now starting to look unbeatable at 125 to me. And uh, I mean, if she can't, uh, if she can't beat you, she's gonna, you know, probably shoot you from about 200 yards away. Well, I was gonna say, like, if I really yeah, right. have a problem with my daughters at some point, I think I will send a message to to Pavel yeah. Fedotov and Valentina Shevchenko and see what she and her head coach can do for me, because I am so with you. Uh, hey, real quick. Uh, scary. Right? She's scary good at this point. Like, and, and what a great story with her and her sister, and yeah, uh, I'll tell you, she's, she's Peru, Peru's own yeah, Valentina Shevchenko. Right. Kyr Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. Yeah. Kyrgyzstan's wow. own. Peru's yeah, own. Peru's, Peru's own. Yes, of course. Oh, nice. Hey, uh, so very quickly again, and, and if you have a clock on your computer, be mindful of it, but Lauren Murphy and Joanne Calderwood are going to fight. And at least right now, Kenny, Valentina Shevchenko is fighting on Masvidal headlined pay-per-views, right? As a champion, getting points, making money. Doesn't seem like she's losing sleep over not getting a Nunes trilogy fight, even though many believe she beat Amanda in their second meeting in 2017. Mm -hmm. Not unlike Andrade being undersized at flyweight, Shevchenko's going to be undersized at 135 pounds. Um, but mm -hmm. what are your thoughts in terms of Shevchenko and, uh, and what you would do with her in three months, six months, long term? Jeez, you know, if I'm being honest, I, I don't think there's a challenge out there for Shevchenko. I think she's just that good. I and this is no disrespect to everyone in the, anyone in that division. I think her biggest challenges are, are, are women outside of her division. Okay. Uh, you know, um, I think that's the only thing you got for at this point. It's just how good she is. Uh, everyone else is fighting for second place. That, Can I just say, Flo, well, like you know, Holly yeah. Holm and Juliana Pena, right? Like if you go and look at 35, Ray, she's beating yeah. those women. Like yeah, she, yeah, she yeah. headlined against Juliana That's Pena. Like, yeah. let's see how Amanda does against Juliana Pena. Like, I, I'll, I, I'll bet she probably didn't finish her as quickly as you Valentina, see it. You know, like, you see it every once in a while in boxing where that dude's just so good he's got to go outside of the weight class. That's Shevchenko. Like, yeah, yeah, and she and she believes she beat Nunes. She doesn't think she so lost. So you have her fight Jermaine Durandamy. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you got to find someone at thirty-five then, other than Amanda, like who. 
who she hasn't fought. It's just a, it's a tricky and thing. That it's would be fair to her too, is a catch weight at 30, I think. A man is not cutting to 130 pounds. Yeah, no, no I know, but I'm way. saying to make her go up after she's, I, I don't know. You There's give no her, way. Yeah, I, I think no you'll way. see the same thing. It's a close, that's a close fight. It's a very technical fight. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Hey, uh, Jimmy Crute, uh, I yeah. love him. You know, 25-year-old kid, 12-1, and one, seemed like he was really rounding into form. And certainly, Anthony Smith deserves a lot of credit. I could do yeah, a quarter yeah. of an hour on how much I love that guy. And, and, no, and now guy. he's emerging as a fighter and can he footwork and stuff. He said his coaches finally say he's a factory X fighter because he has footwork and defense and takedowns. Like, he's, he's really – he says, I'm only getting good now. He's 50 fights in. I'm only getting good now. Right. But, Ray, you spent some time with the Crute corner and uh, – Hopefully it's not too serious an injury. Is it? You think it was the nerve or the knee? Do we have any idea? Um, I don't know. He looked like he was having a good time at the bar. But oh, when good. I got there after the good. fight, it was it was great to see. Uh -huh. he, was, he was hanging out with Anthony Smith and his, and his wife. So uh, it was just great to see those guys hanging out and talking. I love like again. It's more than fighting. It's about the relationships you build, even with the guys you fight. And sometimes those those relationships become stronger because you have a different right. type of bond. Right. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was great just hanging with those guys. I, when I was in Melbourne, I mean, he, he whatever we talked about, he just treated me like gold. I, I don't, I, I love Australia, man, and those people are just great, salt of the earth type of guy. And you know, I wish yeah. him the best. And yeah, again, Anthony Smith, hats off to him too, great guy. Yeah, but it was just good to see. And uh, you know, just one other word, you know, because. People don't realize even with the corners and sometimes I was dealing with some shit too. So you have to stay focused and you're really there for the athlete. But, you know, Sam Greco didn't make it to the ball because he had lost his father-in-law that night. So think of the, the pain yeah. he has to go through. And then Jimmy told me that uh, he actually told me that um, they have to quarantine for two weeks when they go right. back. So the sacrifices that yes. a lot of people make is I just want to shout that out because I don't think people even remotely realized yeah, that the aussies all. and the kiwis yeah. are making a i mean that's just sacrifice. like that and uh the third one and cody is going to kick you out of the stream yard room yeah. <laughs> unless it's chris weidman you can take that one but, uh, um kenny does not befriend by the way his uh his former opponents i'm just he's a tr tremendously classy martial artist but it's not like kempfo's texting joe lo's on back when he texts him back <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry uh, yeah. All right, so it is 6.50 on the screws, which means I want to talk briefly about PFL 1. I really enjoyed watching Ken Flo back on commentary. I really enjoyed watching oh, Clay Collard and Anthony Pettis go at it. I really enjoyed watching the dude, I think Bubba Jenkins, who beat Lance Palmer. I'm a fan of his, Ken yes. Flo. Um, but Ken Flo, like, these are my twin brother Jason's words, not mine. But it's you just did not miss a beat. Your ability to explain this stuff to everybody and, and add a little flavor with the humor and the energy. I, I just think you did objectively a, a very good job and you should be proud. And uh, hopefully your wife was proud and your family was proud. And um, it's just good to see you back on the sticks. My man is really all I got. Ray, am I boring you You're sitting back like the fuck? No, no, definitely. <laughs> I'm Sorry pretty sure that. my whole family was asleep by by the, by the it's time a, the, it's uh, like a, it's the the fight came up. I mean, this oh. is a long one today. I might have drifted out there for a bit. <laughs> but Ken Flo, hey, uh, great to get one in the can. I mean, nobody's happier than you, Thank obviously, you, that PFL one is in the books. I mean, how was it, and uh, what were your thoughts on everything? It was great to be back, man. It, it was awesome. You know, um, I, I think that we we had some great fights. Uh, I think that uh, we had some huge upsets that night, which was really surprising for me to watch and. 
you know, we saw a couple of former champions go down, which was always exciting. And, you know, seeing in that league format, I think that makes things a little bit juicier as the season moves on. And uh, I felt good out there, man. I, you know, I always uh, feel like I can, I can do better. And I think that uh, I, I should improve as, as we go on. And uh, I'm excited to get, to get after it for the rest of the fights. And, and I appreciate you watching and, uh, yeah, it, it, it's been fun, man. It was it was good to finally get back in there. And, and like you say, you know, there's nothing like watching live fights, man. It's, oh, it, it's the greatest best. job in the world. You messed up this one jujitsu sequence. I'll tell you about it off the air. Uh, <laughs> really? I don't believe that. <laughs> but uh, listen, as far as I'm concerned, Kenny knocked the cover off the ball. We just did. It's great, great to hear. I'm just and kidding, the fights man. were great. The fights <laughs> were Thank you. Great, Thank man. you, Ray. The fights were man. great. Man. Every time I see an ankle lock like Brendan Allen got on Carl Robertson, I wonder why these people train jiu-jitsu. Hey, how about Randy Rootboy Brown? That was sweet. Flow. Oh, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. recall so having seen a one-arm naked guy. choke uh, in that seat. I don't recall. See, I'm sure you've seen one. I don't know that I've seen one. Listen, man, um, you know, if, if your tie is tight enough around the neck, you know, you could shut off the blood to your brain and put you to sleep eventually. And you, you really don't need that much pressure. And Randy Brown is probably not your regular average dude. He's strong. He had that right around uh, the neck of his opponent, had the other arm tied up. So there was no resistance with that one arm. Uh, and he put him to sleep. I thought it was a thing of beauty, man. And, and, awesome. and good to see Randy. You know, Randy, I, I think if you look at some of his weaknesses, it, it, maybe it's his grappling. He looked sharp. So it was, oh. it was awesome to see. That was a great win, man. It's time. I'm telling you, New York's yeah. got something. Hey, well, Jamaica, he claims Jamaica, obviously. He spent a lot of his formative years in Jamaica. Uh, but he was born in Springfield, Massachusetts. So I asked him in, the, in yeah. the fighter meeting if we could claim him. So he could be the first Boston-born UFC champion. My, the thing is, too. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, no, I was going to say, my, my three older siblings claim Springfield. They're, they're there you go. Friends. See, yeah. there you go. Edgar Flory Let's in Springfield, yeah. Massachusetts. You like that, Dr. Gus? Shouting out your oldest? Yeah, I got you. Um, what was I talking about? Dr. Gus, my favorite. I got completely Randy distracted. Brown. Randy Brown. The maturity dripping off of this kid in our fighter meeting. You know, he stayed aligned with his original coaches. He now has 11 UFC fights. He's quietly won. How many do you think of those 11? Seven and four. Not too bad. You know, at 170 pounds, great frame for the division. Uh, I'm really excited to see uh, to see what he can do. Um, all right. So I think that's all my notes. Unless I'm forgetting something, we can get to the pronunciation of the week. Ray, you have a class at the top of the hour, so we were going to let you fly right now unless you have anything else for us. But um, yeah, I think we covered it all. I, I didn't even Ray, if hey, you don't before mind. Cody. Yes. Oh, and I want to hear Cody. Oh, this Ray, Saturday, there's a huge fight for. Me. Oh, well, this Saturday, God. there's, there's a man fighting from Ray's oh, gym. Shoot, so man. Yeah, I'm back on a plane once. What am I doing? I'm in. I'm, in, I'm delirious. Thank God. John, you screwed me up for an Make hour. Fun. Imagine I talk for an hour and we don't mention poor Marab. So five straight wins all by unanimous decision. He's the minus 240 betting favorite against Cody Stamen. Huge fight. You're back on a plane Wednesday. I bet you're oh, I bet you're probably excited to have something to shift the focus a little bit. Well, yeah, no, it's look, I be when you do, you know, when you're coaching, I mean you go from one fight to another. You don't really have time to lament over anything or yeah. to you know really focus you gotta you gotta keep moving or yeah you sink so uh yeah. as of as of wednesday this will be behind me you know kind of and uh right. and then we just move on i'm really psyched for marab uh and it's not an easy fight and uh it'll be a great test for him and he'll move up the rankings if he wins so 
you know he's going to give it his all. Hey, so from now on, we're just going to ask you how much time you have, and we'll take as much time as you have every week because that's what the listeners seem to want. They want you to be more part of the show. So uh, we're not trying to uh, lean away from what the audience wants. So uh, thank you for the extended time. Uh, I can't believe it was a triple X shirt. I can't believe you don't dye your hair. Is your hair really that black? Size 13 shoes. Size 13 shoes. Which is weird. No, don't dye the hair. I think people... I think Ask Weidman me. said Alex, uh, Alex right. Davis, I think Weidman told me, was asking him if it was my real hair. And then I was sitting down. Uh-huh. I, noticed, I noticed the guy was behind me. I think he was looking down to see if there was like <laughs> hair plugs or something. Yeah, very creepy. I got to tell you. Right, right. I want to know if shit went down in the octagon and you have size 13 shoes and you're swimming in these things. What no, would you do? What would you would you have to take the shoes off and start throwing down? What are you supposed to no, do? They if have you got the shoes gotta come I, I couldn't even get up yeah. the stairs. I almost had to send yeah. another boy in. Oh, I was <laughs> tripping over my own feet. I was it was pretty bad, man. I believe it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I believe yeah, I gotta, it. I'll bring oh the shoes God. on next time. It was crazy. It was a weird, weird it was a weird attire day for me. Let's yeah, that. so funny. <laughs> and I had no idea other than the fact that maybe it was I... ill-fitting. And uh, the, the whole me. question just gave us a lot of great content. Um, <laughs> but, like, my hair is white. I shave it. Your hair is – do you have, like, a few white hairs here or not? Oh, even? yeah, yeah, they were in All there. Right. All right. Yeah, 100%. All right, All right. Yeah. well, uh, I guess uh, having daughters doesn't cause gray hair. Good oh, to fucking yeah. know. All right, we got to go. We love you. Um, we got to go, oh. Oh, this was this was beautiful. This man. was outstanding. Well, was not my best special. show, but you had a great show. You hey, listen, make show. sure you say hi to Kamozi for me too when you see him. He's fighting this. I week. will. Yeah. I will. Thanks, another man. another great guy. Yeah. When he finishes his seventeen day quarantine. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's a, long, a long quarantine. It has to be New Jersey. Has to do that, right? Yeah. Seventeen days. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's at the end of the pandemic. Nobody's even tested right. anymore. Yeah. Seventeen. Why not make it? Why not make it a month? Right. Out. No. <laughs> hey, what, what class you got? Top of the hour. What class do you have? Adult kickboxing. What do you? No, have? yeah, kickboxing. You got kickboxing. Some of the fighters right. in there and stuff. Right. Just making sure it wasn't jujitsu, because I want to give you time to get your <laughs> gi on if that's the case. You know, time to get your pajamas on for the gentle art. Yeah, oh, yeah. We gotta go. We gotta go. Yeah. I got. I haven't really had my smoking go. jacket on in a long time. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> All right. Take care. Right. Go get your smoke your jacket. I can't believe it was a triple X. I was like afraid to include that as a choice because I didn't want to offend the guy. And he ended up wearing triple X out there. Uh, All right. Some picks coming up in about, Oh no, we got a pronunciation of the week. See, there he is. Well, I was going to ask like, uh, you need to be smoking. uh, I'm young. I I didn't know that. So this episode is brought to you by garden city hair plugs. If your hair is pulling back, just plug it up. So we're going to get to the pronunciation of the week when John takes the floor. Yeah, I mean, you could fire me, except your power doesn't extend that far. So this woman, pronunciation of the week time, by the way, our executive producer, Cody Marrow, holding this goddamn godforsaken program together today. All right, this woman charged with kicking off the main card on ESPN2 Saturday against Luana Catalina. UFC fight night on ESPN2. Of whom am I speaking? This fight is right before Marab, actually, so make sure you guys are tuning in early for Poliana Botello. Poliana Botelho. Let's hear. Is that like? Can I hear it again? Poliana Botelho. Poliana Botelho. I'm kind of a stickler for the Portuguese names. Please, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if he did. You say Poliana Botelho? So. What did you say? 
I said Botello, so I, I might I whitened up the last name. So I think yeah. I'm gonna get the L for that. Yeah, so, I think John's leaning towards. I think that's a no, dog. What do, what right. Do you so think? if you notice, Kenny said more like Botello as opposed to Botello, right? So here's the thing. We will determine how this affects your record when I hear how they do it on broadcast, okay? But what I was looking for was Poliana Botelio, okay? Now, that's not always the case, but I know you're looking at me like I'm crazy. We'll, if they go Botello, right? I don't know what you said exactly. If they go Botello on the broadcast, we'll give you a win. Otherwise, Botelio uh, was what we were looking to for. To be it determined. Probably be All a right. no for me, dog. But, uh, All right, we'll see. We'll see what the poll does for me. But... For every pronunciation from now leading up till Houston, John, when I get to see you, right, you have to bang out shots for everyone I get right. So All if right, I get that one fine. right, that's, that's one of three. That's fine. So, Casamigos, Casamigos, baby. All right, uh, I have not met the game bread tattoo this weekend, unfortunately. So I'm getting the game bread tattoo, whether there's a bet online or not. It's just a matter. Trevor Whitman comes up to me. He's like, "What are you doing with the game bread tattoo?" I was like, "How much time do you have for the story?" Um. It goes back as time to, as we have yeah. left on this program. That's right. Yeah. Well, Cody, thanks. Cody coming to Houston for UFC 262. His birthday is May 15th, so he's going to come watch Chandler and Oliveira, Nate Diaz, and Leon Edwards. I've never met the kid. How about that? The executive producer of the show never met the kid, probably because of COVID-19. Um, but how about that? Uh, all right, picks coming up in 60 seconds, but support for the Annika Florian podcast brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming and trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. If you're in the market, we have an exclusive offer for our viewers and listeners. 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash AF in the U.S., Canada, Australia, and the U.K. You've heard me talk about this ceramic blade on this lawnmower 3.0. I'm no longer nicking myself when I'm manscaping. It's the best below-the-waist hair trimmer in human existence. It really is. I don't know exactly how I lived without it. Cutting-edge ceramic blade reduces your grooming accidents. Replacement blades come in the mail. It's part of a brand new peak hygiene plan. If you want to go that route, the plan essentially is just a member portal to manage your preferences. It's available across Europe, Australia, and the U.S. Replenishment pack comes with a free gift as well. This month, foot duster, foot deodorant spray, $30 value, totally free. So if you want to get in on it, get 20% off free shipping. Go to manscaped.com slash AF. That is 20% off with free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash AF. Put Handsome on autopilot with the new peak hygiene plan for Manscaped. I think I just scared Kenflo. Let's get to the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. And the time is most definitely Florian. I finished fights. I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. Oh, it is time for the main event challenge. And my man, Ian Parker, is with us on social media at Ian Parker MMA. Has to take a sip right as I intro the man. Update the standings real quick before I get to my guy, IP. Dale, put your lip in. Tied Kenflow 4-4. That was last week's team Anik representative. Lead is still ours, Ian, 52-42. to uh, But it's great oh, to dude. see you. As many of our listeners know, we are very happy to see you a part of uh, – of team PFL. It's two to one now, a couple of PFL guys. Um, but uh, if you want to see Ian Parker doing content for the PFL, there's a pre-show on Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. And uh, it gives us great pleasure to see you get this opportunity. You know how we feel about you uh, as a as a mixed martial arts mind, and that's why we gave you the opportunity. And we're very happy that, uh, that others see what we saw uh, about a year ago. Now get us some sponsors. Just kidding. Ah! <laughs> 
He's not kidding, but he's kidding. But he's not kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, yeah. you're telling now. You're telling now. <laughs> I know. Now, now, like, you know, maybe I'll get like six more followers and the you know, sponsors will write me back. It'll be perfect. Yeah. So I, has Kemflo followed you on Instagram yet? No. All right. So <laughs> that's so funny, right? You would, so you my would twin brother, were like, my twin like brother already has the follow. So when he massages Ken Flo for the broadcast, it's not because he's looking for that follow. But I did tape your content. Uh, I guess I should. I'm lying, right? I guess I'm lying when I say that. But no, but I very much look forward to going back. It was a busy weekend, but checking out your stuff with – is it James Lynch and the coach? Is that what you're doing? Yeah. No. Uh, okay. It was just, no, James Lynch is doing his own social media interviewing separately. Coach and I okay. did it with Sean and actually Kenny and Randy back and forth. We were with the broadcast team. Um, okay. They threw it for to the- us. It was- it was pretty funny. Sean in the rehearsal mentioned the Duck Nation, and Randy had no idea what we were talking about. He's like, actually, I was a beaver in college, so I don't know about the duck thing. <laughs> How intimate is your audience that people would, with all due respect to our podcast, that Sean O'Connell would liberally drop a Duck Nation on a PFL pre-show? Because, hey, you think I'm dropping Anakin Florian podcast on a fucking UFC pre-show? You know, not try to lose no, my job out there, ask, you know, I didn't even have <laughs> any conversation. I the only conversation I had with Sean before was the first meeting we signed in and he, him and I were the only two on and he was putting on his pants on uh-huh. zoom. And I was like, Sean, you know, before I meet someone in that situation, before you buy me dinner. And he was like, zipping up. He's like, Oh, I didn't know anyone was on here. I'm like, all right, well, this is cool. And then the Black. next night brought me the duck. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Well, so, I would love to see you and Ken Flo going, uh, going back and forth, but I'm very happy for the both of you. But uh, we need to move on to uh, to UFC Fight Night, Reyes versus Prohazka. And we will start with what is a huge fight at 135 pounds. We mentioned it earlier, Ian. Ray Longo's guy, Marab Dwalish, Willie, minus 240. Cody Stamen, plus 200. Last fight for Stamen against Jimmy Rivera. Ran into a very sharp Jimmy Rivera on Fight Island last July. How do you see this one playing out, Ian Parker? And ultimately, we will need a winner. Yeah, I think minus 240 is a little heavy for Marab in a fight against another wrestler who's also a really good striker speed-wise. But I do think Marab's cardio and his constant pressure, as we saw what Rivera did the statement. So I'm going to go Marab here. I just think that that line is a little heavy for a straight bet. Kemflo, what do you think about this bet? I mean, Marab has not had a knack for putting people away per se, but he has been dominant and he just never stops, man. I mean, right? It's like, yeah. I can't relate to the output of some of these guys. And uh, I would think he'd be a hard guy to fade at the window. What do you think? Yeah, listen, I think that Cody Stamen definitely has some skills. He's a solid wrestler himself. We can't forget about that. He's a developing striker. Um, but I do think that uh, what Marab may lack in the striking department against someone like Stamen, I think he makes up for with his pressure, his pace, his conditioning, and his wrestling. I think there will be a lot of moments where Stamen's going to be pressed up against the cage and, you know, trying to, you know, wrestle him off in the clinch. And I do think uh, Marab will definitely hit a few takedowns here and there. And I think that's going to be the difference here. I think Marab gets it done as well. Right, light heavyweight division, Iwan Kute Laba minus 130. His series with Magomed Ankalaev now complete, of course, taking on Dustin Jacoby plus 110. Big opportunity, Ian, for Jacoby here, stepping in for Devin Clark, trying to get his second win of the year. He's got momentum over all four straight. And it's a good story, obviously, given the time between UFC starts. What are your thoughts on uh, on the former quarterback, I believe, Dustin Jacoby here against the Hulk, Iwan Kute Laba? 
You know what? I actually kind of like Jacoby here as an underdog. I do think that his technical striking, I think, oh, I'm sorry, Kenny. You knew, I, come on, you knew I was going that way. Who are you kidding Damn. at this point? Um, <laughs> this is why you should go first. I told you. But uh, no, all serious, <laughs> I think that Iron Kutalava comes out the gate too hot. I think he throws so much and he gets tired. I just think uh, Jacoby's technical striking output will be the game changer. As long as he doesn't blow his gasket in rounds one and two, I think he just has more tools in the striking department to get this done, and I don't think he gets scared by Ion screaming in his face. So I like Ewan. Ewan. Oh, it's Ewan. 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 I, I mean, I, I figure that guy there. you would focus on because you're a comic book guy. You know, Ewan, <laughs> the Hulk. The Hulk. What do you mean? You don't. Yeah, see but, the, the, but, but the Hulk's real name is Bruce Banner. It's not Ewan Kutalaba. The Hulk. But I get what you're saying. Okay, that's fine. You want to? I get it. Can Flo, you, you have called close. fights. <laughs> Kenflo, you have called fights involving Iwan Kute Laba. What are your thoughts on uh, on the I Hulk love here? You, I, I love, love watching the Hulk, man. For better or for worse, I'm a fan. I'm I also a fan you. of Dustin Jacoby. What do you think, Flo? Well, listen, dude, he's a dangerous guy, and Kute Laba has the ability to knock out anyone in the division. Um, but he is a little bit reckless at times, and I think that uh, it allows for others to come in and and knock him out. Um, I, I do think that, uh, you know, for the majority of what Ian said, he's correct. I, I think that uh, Dustin is going to be the more technical guy. I think that um, he might be able to catch Kutalaba coming in and actually knock him out. Right. Uh, but I think if he's smart, he doesn't try to engage. He tries to play uh, the more technical striker and outpoint him round by round. And if there's an opportunity, he takes him out. But uh, you don't want to force it against someone as dangerous as Kutalaba. All right, new main event challenge rule. Whoever is losing at the time has to pick the main event first, but Ken Flo gets the red corner for every other selection heretofore, unless the guest picker is somebody who has a UFC resume better than his, because we need to put some respect on the name Cub Swanson, and we need to put some respect on the name Kenny Florence. So Ken Flo's going to have the red corner for this one, but as he trails us, Ian, I will have him lead the main event for you. Giga Chikadze, minus 185, Cub Swanson, plus 160. We'll need the round, the method of victory, boys. My son needs to. Jesus. Chikadze has won seven in a row, Kenny. He's 5-0 and in the UFC, Ian. I think he's a, a great fighter. He's a great human being. I lo I've loved getting to know him in the fighter meetings. Um, but I think we need to respect Cub Swanson a little bit here, Ian. I mean, again, I'm an amateur here, but, you know, 20th UFC fight. He has momentum. Uh, I don't have to be there in Vegas to know that he's putting in the work and he's in a good place. Uh, any value for you on Cub Swanson here, IP, against Giga Chikadze? Uh, that's, a, that's a no for me, John, on this one. <laughs> Listen, I love Cub Swanson. What, we sh what he showed in his last fight is he's still here, and he still, he still wants to be here, and he has the skills. I just think Chikadze is a new type of fighter. The striking is just light years past <clears throat> a lot of people, and if he keeps the fight standing, and we saw his ground game a little bit, I just think he's faster. I think he knows how to pick his shots, and similar to the last fight we broke down, just a better technical striker. As long as he doesn't brawl and be willing to take a shot from Cub, because Cub can still knock you out, I don't see how he gets outstruck by Cub Swanson, and I think he gets the win. Ken Flo, Giga Chikadze, Cub Swanson, three-round co-main event this weekend. Who do you have? You know, I think if it was uh, Giga's, you know, first, second, maybe even third UFC fight, uh, you know, there'd be some hesitation there on, on my part in picking Giga, but um, I do think that he really is uh, very comfortable now in the UFC. I think that uh, he's tall, he's lanky, and he has a 
crap ton of experience as a striker. Uh, and he, I know he's been working on his uh, jiu-jitsu for a long time now. Um, I actually trained with him uh, many years ago. And um, so I know he's focused. Um, I, I think he's going to be tough in that division, uh, given his size and physical skills. Um, I like Giga here. Um, I like Giga by by decision against Cup. Giga Chikadze for Ken Flo and Ian. And then our main event. Yuri Prohaska, minus 145. Dominic Reyes, plus 125. Kenny, we'll have you lead off here. Need the round in the method of victory. Obviously, this is the return fight for Reyes since the UFC 253 loss to Jan Bohovich. Prohaska, we've seen him once in the UFC. Yeah. Uh, it was violent. I know you're a big Prohaska fan. What are your thoughts on, on the main event and what we might see and ultimately who wins it? Uh, well, you alluded to it. You know, we only have seen him once, and that was very impressive in his UFC debut. Um, I, I you know, if, if he's able to compete uh, that way and show that movement, I think he can offer up a lot of problems for Dominic Reyes. Uh, and, you know, for Reyes, we haven't really seen him uh, since his last loss. We're not sure what he's going to look like coming back, right? We haven't seen him since his last fight. So I think that, um, you know, I think uh, Prohaska is, is probably going to be the favorite here. Um, I'm not sure he gets it done uh, by knockout. I think he can. Uh, but again, I'm going to have to go with your, uh, uh, Prohaska here by, by decision. So, Ian, this is a very interesting main event, hugely important fight at 205 pounds. And I was on a podcast earlier today, and they asked me to sort of handicap it. And I said, you know, sometimes when I'm calling fights, I have this amazing lens, 26 out of these 40 shows into these guys and where they're at during fight week for a fight like this. I don't have that insight, right? I'm not there. I'm not necessarily following these guys' every move the way maybe I have intel on Cub Swanson, per se. So I don't have that lens. I think it's a very close fight. I would submit to you that I think Prohaska deserves to be the favorite. I think some people are surprised by that. Um, what do you see happening this weekend, and ultimately on which side do you fall? <clears throat> uh, I'm actually a little surprised he's the favorite also because in the fight against uh, Volkan Ozdemir, that first round he wasn't winning. And then Ozdemir looked like he tired out, and Yuri caught him. You know, with Riz, yeah, he lost to Jan Blahovich, but look what Blahovich has done. Then he went and beat uh, Israel Adesanya. You know, we're seeing a different Jan Blahovich. Maybe he doesn't get enough credit. And Reyes, before that, was the man. He was doing everything he was supposed to do. He was the prospect. I don't really see a reason why all of a sudden we just discount him here. In fact, I love him as an underdog in this situation because, one, he's, you know, it's hard for me to bet on someone who's been in the UFC one time. It like literally, and then all of a sudden he gets thrown into a big fight against a guy in Reyes who has fought yeah. top-level competition. You know, they may question his win over Weidman because it was Weidman's first fight at 205, but it was still Chris Weidman. It still wasn't like a, you know, a, a no-namer who was his first fight. So I like Dominic Reyes here. If I'm Reyes, I try to drag this into as deep waters as possible. I try to wrestle the hell out of this guy and knock it in brawls. Don't be cocky bouncing around trying to land that big shot because we see Yuri will land a bigger shot, and that's when he will go night-night. So I'm going to go Reyes. I'm going to say fourth round TKO. Unless Yuri surprises us with cardio, I've heard nothing about his distance fighting. And I think Reyes can, has that cardio. So I'm going, to go, I'm going to go with that as my result. I may just sit on the couch and get a two-liter Coke. Kenny's not listening, so I'll just say a large bag of nacho cheese Doritos and a two-liter Coke and just sit on the couch and watch these fights. Delete all my social me, media apps. And the time the meeting is on Friday. I was just <laughs> looking. I was just looking at at Ray's, um, you know, record, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's faced. You know, John Jones obviously he's, he was was a 
you know, an amazing uh, opposition there. But I don't know. I, I think Prohaska is a different kind of striker. I don't think that Reyes has faced anyone like him. Yeah. Um, but it should be you an interesting fight. Find out. I was yeah. joking that you weren't that you weren't listening because I don't like to admit to drinking soda when you're intensely paying attention. <laughs> but I'm thinking, you know, maybe no tequila this weekend. Maybe we just go two liter Coca Cola fucking classic, large bag of nacho cheese Doritos, and uh, get laughing gas for the children and put them down at about six thirty. Um, Ian, um, congratulations, man. Seriously, very happy for you. I mean, you got skills. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, just be you, buddy. You know, um, you can see Ian pre-show for uh, for the PFL, 4.30 p.m. Wednesday. We're not talking about the PFL, by the way, next week. No plugs, no nothing. So just enjoy this fucking week. It's all gone next week. Uh, Eddie and Parker, MMA. Any final parting shot from you, my man, before we let you play? That goes for Ken Flo, uh, too, I'm no, saying. I, the UFC podcast. Go. They gotta just go fuck myself at this point. It's uh, <laughs> I, I will I will say this. And I thought I congratulated him twice, <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe yeah. my twin brother will tell me it's a backhanded compliment, you know. And I'm not 100 nice a backhanded compliment. Look- no, you meant well. It's fine. Listen, I'm joking. Was it I'm really? Joking. Was it really? Um, eh. I, look, it. I. You've already. You texted me. You sent me an audio message. That was very nice of you to do. I appreciate that. Maybe you don't remember. It was a busy week for you. I completely understand that. I will say this. Really cool experience for the first time was going to be able to listen to guys like Kenny rehearse and do all this stuff. Uh, Kenny, you were awesome that night. I already texted Thank you, you buddy. and I will tell you. you there was a lot of craziness going on in the background and uh, getting to listen to Kenny live on the headset, by the way, getting to hear winners before they were announced. Um, huh? That was different. <laughs> <laughs> that was different from production, but uh, we're not talking about that organization. Don't worry, John. I'm not mentioning. I'm the joking around. Did you watch Hi, the there, UFC John. 261 broadcast? I'm sorry. Did you watch the UFC 261 pay-per-view broadcast? Well, I, I mean, that's that's let me Dude. let me ask you a question. How really was it with 15,000 people? Just I mean, I'm sure I mean your your faces, you Corbier and Rogue, you need to have your own collection of NFTs. I know Kenny probably got super excited me mentioning that in the crypto world, but like you know, Ro- yeah. Rogue and grabbing you guys like We've he just ejaculated it. for the first time in yeah. his life was beyond. It was you um, actually should. It, yeah, it was uh, it was an incredible, incredible night. I love the fans so much. I love the fans so much. Uh, and no, I, I, I'm God love you, buddy. I'm trying to be nice out here. I really am. I heard. Uh, I heard rumors <laughs> you're fighting Jake Paul next. Me? No, fighting Pat yeah. Milicic. And <laughs> <laughs> a pick Patty. from his nerve, I'm sure. Yeah, I would rather. You know what Jake he has Paul to do? Do you know what Milicic has to do if he loses this three round boxing match to me? Oh, this is a real thing. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You so you stopped listening to the Anakin Florian podcast now because you got signed by. Uh... <laughs> I thought that was a joke. This is a real thing. Okay. We talked about it on the podcast last week, so you can re-rack last week's episode. But I don't want to waste any more Ken Flo's times, or <laughs> yours, or yours. No, no I no, said Militich has to wear a mask for a month if he uh, if he loses to me. He's not going to lose to me. That's the rub. Is it? Bo- it's it's just straight boxing. Straight boxing, three two-minute rounds. You can beat him. He's a ground guy. I beat I beat any but anybody I put my mind to. I'm not trying. You know, I'm not trying to go zero and what. You know, it's like I'm not trying to go zero and one. We're trying to go one and zero. How old is Militich right now? We've got a lot of options right now on the table, so I don't want to exclusively focus on Patty right now. I think he's about my age, maybe a little bit older. But uh, oh, he's in his fifties. He's in his fifties. Uh, hey, y'all want he's me to face 50s. someone younger? I mean. All, I just need to be the underdog. I want to be the betting underdog unless it's my twin brother and that's a pick and fight. 
And by the way, if my twin brother says I was mean to you this week, this will be the last episode of the Anakin Florian podcast I host. He'll be stepping in next week for episode 299, you know, and that's it, you know. You've been I'm fine. Stumbling. You're not. You're not. You're not being mean. He just I had likes one beer. beer before the show. I had a bad show early, and now everybody's all over me. I haven't all said right. a word. I think you've been fantastic. Thanks. Cody's gonna give it to me later. My trafficking has been. He's gonna edit the hell out of this. Everyone's gonna be great. I hope not. Uh, next week we're going live in the Streamyard platform, but we got to let you go because Ken flows. Like, you got a show to prep for. Hey, thank you. Love you. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. All right, that's it for the main event challenge. And that's it for the show. Remember, the show is going head-to-head with the NFL draft on Thursday night, I believe, on this channel. So, uh, Cody, I love you. Jay, love you. Bilal, remember the name Muhammad. I'll be watching the NFL draft, but for you mixed martial arts fans, you can watch Remember the Show on this channel. I think they're not going Friday, maybe, because they don't want to counter-program Ken Flo's new gig. So I don't know what's going on. But if you want to watch Remember the Show, you can watch it Thursday. If you'd like merchandise, anaclorianpodcast.com. Code AF10 for for 10% off. And um, we will be back next Monday to recap Prohaska and Reyes. And then, of course, get you fired up for Corey Sandhagen and TJ Dillashaw. Um, And I did talk to Jeff Nowitzki, by the way. TJ Dillashaw has passed like 24 drug tests, by the way, already since he came back. um, All right. Well, uh, hey, best of luck this weekend, my man. Um, Hope I didn't offend any young children. Uh, And uh, we will talk to you next Sunday or Monday. I think we're actually going to do the show Sunday, so you get it earlier next week. And uh, thank you all for listening. For Cody, Ken Flo, I'm John. Thank you all. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Until then, uh, go ahead. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, we take on a couple of villains to sort out whether bad stuff is also illegal stuff. George Santos won a seat in Congress by lying to voters, but is that a crime? And Kanye West made it clear he hates Jews. In England, he'd go to jail for that. Here in America, did he commit a hate crime? Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley SAB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.